Hello again, my friends. Uh, sometimes I feel like screaming at the mainstream media for failing to alert people to vitally important, even though complicated issues that are being decided by different parts of the government simultaneously. I mean, how can we, how can we be informed citizens when we're not being informed? A case in point, Moore versus Harper argued yesterday before the Supreme Court and the Electoral Reform Act, which has to be enacted in the next week before the end of this Congress, because Republicans won't touch it once they control the House. The two of them, that is Moore versus Harper and the Electoral Reform Act, they are intimately connected. But you wouldn't know it from the mainstream media, which are treating them as two separate stories. Look, it's important. Let me make the connection. In Moore, North Carolina Republicans aim to restore a redistricting map drawn by the GOP-led legislature, but rejected as violating the state constitution by North Carolina's Supreme Court. Now, North Carolina bases its Supreme Court, U.S. Supreme Court argument, on the bonkers independent state legislature theory, which interprets Article 1, Section 4 of the U.S. Constitution authorizing state legislatures to prescribe the names, places, and manner of holding elections to give state legislatures sole authority over elections without interference from state courts. The theory really is bonkers. It sprang, it sprang from the head of Justice William Rehnquist in 2000, who wrote in a concurring opinion in Bush v. Gore that the text of the election law itself that he was referring to, and not just its interpretation by the courts of the states, takes on independent significance. Now, since then, Brett Kavanaugh, Samuel Alito, Clarence Thomas, and Neil Gorsuch have all endorsed aspects of this theory. And notably, yesterday, they didn't disavow it. Not only would the theory open the door to extreme gerrymandering, allowing one party to virtually entrench itself in a state, it could also allow state legislatures to reject the results of a presidential election, which is where the Electoral Reform Act, now before Congress, comes in. Article 2 of the Constitution requires states to appoint presidential electors in such manner as the legislature thereof may direct. And the Electoral Count Act of 1845 allows state legislatures to choose a new manner of appointing the state's electors if the vote for the presidency has failed in the state. But here's the rub. What does failed mean? And who has the authority to declare the vote a failure? This really wasn't an issue until the 2020 presidential election when Donald Trump exploited the act's vagueness to claim he could overturn the will of the voters. He pushed state legislatures to appoint electors for him, regardless of the popular vote. They refused, thankfully. He pressured congressional Republicans to object to Joe Biden's electors. He partly succeeded, but not by enough to throw the election his way. And Trump pushed Vice President Pence to illegally delay the electoral count so Trump could continue pressure, pressuring states. Pence, again, thankfully refused. American democracy survived by a whisker. 
But if you add in a Supreme Court ruling affirming the independent state legislature theory, what do you get if Trump or any other anti-democracy candidate tries the same thing again? Well, what you get is a potential democratic, small d, disaster. This isn't wild conjecture. Just weeks ago, after Arizona gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake contested her loss based on absolutely nothing, the election board in GOP-controlled Cochise County refused to certify the results. Eventually, Cochise County came around, but in a future presidential election, a GOP-controlled state legislature, armed with a broad independent state legislature theory from Morby Harper, could seize on this kind of resistance to declare a failed election and appoint a slate of fake electors. And this time, neither Congress nor a vice president could stop them. Democracy would not survive. Which is why the Electoral Reform Act, now before Congress, is so important. It would require state legislatures to appoint presidential electors exactly as they've been appointed before in that state. So if a state's laws require that electors certify the person who has won the popular vote, a legislature cannot use the failed election loophole to appoint electors for anyone else. Other provisions require that governors certify the correct electors by a hard deadline before Congress counts them and allow an aggrieved candidate to trigger expedited judicial review. Where is the Electoral Reform Act at this point? Well, 10 Republican senators tentatively support it, but Trumpsters are pressuring them not to. With so little time remaining in the lame duck session, hopefully it will be attached to the end-of-year spending bill, but there are no guarantees. How many close calls like this can a system of self-government endure? Well, I don't know. But if the media doesn't adequately report on issues like this, how in the world can a free people govern themselves to begin with?